Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Maddie Moon, and I'm stoked because I just wrapped up this interview with the gorgeous Melissa Ambrosini to talk about her newest book and the different ways to master your mean girl. And we went through this awesome three-step process to mastering her, which I do, and you can hear me do it. It's wonderful, it's exciting, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. So Melissa Ambrosini is the best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, an entrepreneur, self-empowerment speaker, and a self-love teacher. In her signature straight-talking style, Melissa teaches women how to master their inner mean girl, smash through limiting beliefs, and ditch the self-doubt so that they can start truly living the life of their dreams. Named a self-help guru by Elle magazine, she's known for her inspirational live events, books, booming online community, her weekly goddess groups, game-changing online programs such as Get Your Glow On, and the MA Academy Business Bootcamp. Her mission is to inspire women across the globe to create a heart-centered life that is wildly wealthy, fabulously healthy, and bursting with love. You can find her online at melissaambrosini.com. This is an awesome episode. Like I said, lots of different areas that we covered. Before we head on over, here is the review of the week. This comes from Green Mind Sarah, and she says, MBM is number one health podcast with five stars. Because of this podcast, Wednesday mornings are my favorite time of the week. Maddie provides a safe space for exploring new ideas about the mind-body connection in relation to modern society. Maddie's message is bright and hopeful in a culture where body image media is dark and stale. Keep up the amazing work, Maddie. Dark and stale. That is a great way to describe the industry. So right on. Like that was really that was really truthful. So thank you for saying that I am a light in this community. I really appreciate that. Like I always say, guys, iTunes reviews, it's like the currency. It's a currency of iTunes. The more reviews I get, the higher my rank is on iTunes. It's a free way to support me in the podcast. So if you do listen to the show and you do enjoy it, giving me a review, writing your thoughts on it, giving me five stars, that boost my rank up tremendously and so if I go a long time without getting any reviews because I forget to mention it's people then my rank my little album cover artwork just kind of goes down and not that I'm someone who's obsessive over ranks or anything like that it's more about reaching more and more people I want to reach as many people as possible with this message I'm doing these podcasts every for you guys So I might as well reach as many people as I can. So thank you for anyone that has already written a review. If you haven't yet, super fast. You can do it under two minutes if you just head on over to iTunes. Last but not least, certainly not least, Scripture, Food, and Healing, my six-week course based in devotionals, faith. The doors to the course are closing this Sunday at 7 p.m. MST. I already have a wonderful group of girls signed up but there is room for plenty more. So if you want to work on healing your own body image and beliefs about your body, your disordered eating, your perfectionism, anxiety, and all these things we deal with on a daily basis, this program is probably perfect for you. Six weeks long, it includes Bible study calls from experts around the world, people you probably already know and love. It includes self-care rituals, intensive exercises, daily devotionals, prayers, Uh, resources and and tons of videos and recommendations and basically what this course is all about is tying in scripture powerful scriptures that say 
and very insightful things about our life. But then I write this entire devotional, kind of like a devotional. It's a little bit different. But I write this passage based on how this relates to your body image issues. And then I give you an assignment and something that ties in with those things that you're facing currently. So check it out, scripturefoodandhealing.com. The doors are still open. I'd love to have you. I've been receiving a lot of questions about this program. One of them is, do you have to be religious to do this course? No, you do not. I had people in this course last year who wanted to do it because they were open-minded. They wanted to heal their body image. They weren't really sure about the whole uh, spirituality aspect, but it still proved to make a great impact in their lives. And you do not have to be religious in order for this to affect you and to heal parts of you. There is a three-day guarantee. So if you decide within the first three days it's not for you, you can just email me and we can figure that out. There's also accountability partners. So if you want to have an accountability partner, you can have someone throughout the entire duration of the course and you can help each other, ping each other, talk with each other about what's going on in your life. That's also proved to be one of the most effective parts of this course is having that person that you can reach out to constantly. And we will make sure that you are paired with someone that is all in for having an accountability partner so that you're not just reaching out and no one responds to you. So that's an awesome, great added benefit of this. Another thing I've been receiving a lot is questions about how much time it takes. So the course does not take that much time. Some devotionals can be five to ten minutes. Some can be an hour if it includes watching a, a video or, or something that include. But first of all, it is it can be self-paced, so you can do it at whatever pace works for you. It's email-based, so if you don't have time for a certain one during the day, you can put it in a folder in your inbox and then return to it later whenever you do have time. Nothing is mandatory. It's all just for your own benefit. So if you want to do the course and you want to actually go through it in a couple months, you're more than welcome to do that as well and just get the emails and put them straight into a folder and then you can return to them whenever the time is right. But if you are just worried about time's sake and you do want to do it now, I have all confidence that you'll be able to to master this course and get what you need to get out of it. And you can always return to it and do it again and again. Let me know if you have any questions by just reaching out to me at hello at maddiemoon.com. I am ready to head on over to this interview and let y'all listen in. Let's go on over. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. The show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, I am so glad to have you back to the podcast. We have an exceptional guest today, Miss Melissa Ambrosini. She wrote the book Mastering Your Mean Girl. I just finished reading it. I absolutely loved it. It was such a perfect, 
a perfectly imperfect, right, um, book that pulled together all of the different aspects of self-care and nurturing yourself and being kind to yourself, which I think is a lesson that we need to be reminded of time and time again with all the many different things that come up in our life. So I'm so grateful to you, Melissa, for putting together this awesome um, compacted book for people who are just looking to up their self-care game. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so grateful and honored to be here. Yeah, this is going to be a great treat. I feel like I I know a good deal about you now from reading your book um, cover to cover, but I think there is so much power in your story, like your background. I think some people just have these extremely powerful, rich stories. And reading yours, I wanted more and more. So I'm so excited to talk to you so I can get to know a little bit more about your past and, and how you got to where you are now. Oh, gosh, yeah. it's um, It's been definitely a journey. Back in 2010, I was living a very different life to the life that I live now. I was a professional dancer and I danced at the Moulin Rouge in Paris and I did acting and TV presenting and um, I was just burning the candle at both ends and, and fully ignoring that yearning for something more deep within all of my measure of happiness was on external things on you know how much I earned the boyfriends the the you know the number on the scales all of those things were what made me feel content and happy in a short moment Um, and then in 2010 I ended up in hospital because there was no more candle left to burn the way that I was living my life you know drinking and partying and not eating and then binging and then uh, surrounding myself with not so inspiring relationships and doing work that wasn't fulfilling. There was just literally no more candle left to burn. And I ended up in hospital with a whole host of health issues from chronic fatigue to thyroid problems. Um, I was having panic attacks, anxiety, depression, and eating disorder. I had loads of vitamin and mineral deficiencies. I had, um, you know, acne all over my face and eczema and hives. And I got the cold sore virus and I had cold sores all over my face, in my mouth and down my throat. And these were all just signs that my body was seriously just shutting down and my immune system was completely shot. So um, the universe, I guess, realized for me that the only way it would get through to me would be by, uh, you know, pulling the carpet out from underneath my feet, I guess you could say, um, and putting me in hospital. And when I was in hospital, uh, one of my friends gave me Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life, which was one of the first spiritual texts I picked up. And it's literally like a light bulb went off in my mind. And I thought, oh my goodness, why are we not taught this information in school? And I, from there I dove headfirst into this personal development and spirituality world and this health and wellness space and became obsessed with it because I started to feel better. And when, this, when the doctors plonked this tray full of drugs in front of me and said, you've got to take this indefinitely, I knew that that wasn't good enough for me. I knew that there was, there had to be another way. 
Uh, so I went and studied holistic health coaching and life coaching and yoga teacher training and meditation and acuenergetics, which is energy healing work. And I just became obsessed and immersed myself in this world. And I started sharing what I was learning and I realized something quite powerful. And that was that I wasn't the only one that had these thoughts and I wasn't the only one that dealt with eating issues. And so I started sharing what I was learning and how I was dealing with it through my website and it just started to gravitate. All these women started to gravitate toward what I was sharing and six years later, here I am with this beautiful book, Mastering Your Mean Girl, where I've it's a home for everything that I've learned and everything that I've that I teach and I speak all around the world and I have these amazing and powerful online products and programs to help women be the best versions of themselves and live their best life. Oh, I just get goosebumps listening to to that transformation. It's just so beautiful and powerful and I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for the, the the lives that you are touching and how you're using this gift because so many times we're handed these wonderful opportunities but we don't see them and you saw it and you've taken a hold of it and you've turned it into something so extraordinary and that's amazing thank you so going all the way back to your dancing days because I am interested in what that taught you and being, so were you raised as a professional dancer from a very young age? Yes, I started when I was three. Wow. So I st- my mom just like put me into like a local ballet class just, uh, you know, for fun and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And then by the age of 15, I was doing it professionally. So I was getting paid to be a professional dancer for shows and TV commercials and corporate events and things like that Um, and then I did that from 15 till about 23 24 and then I and then I was in hospital when I was 24. Wow so it's a huge part of your life. Massive. Do you think you learned any negative lessons through the through that um, that realm, I guess, of of dancing because I've heard different stories of just being a dancer you have to look a certain way and there may be a lot more pressure to to be thinner than in other kinds of sports because that is what you know dancing there's just like this image that comes to all of our heads of a professional dancer and I'm sure there's a lot of pressure strung along with that to meet those expectations absolutely I you know it wasn't though until I was about 20 that it really sunk in deep and that's when I went, I moved to Paris and I went to the Moulin Rouge and there was all these beautiful women that would just walk around calling themselves fat and ugly and the most awful things and that planted a seed within my mind, a really deep seed and that's when it kind of really started to escalate for me the eating issues and the depression and you know it had kind of it had been there before but not it hadn't been as exacerbated as when I went there you know because I was in that environment six days a week every day all day and 
surrounded by these women that were beautiful that didn't think they were beautiful I was like what the hell is going on like what is wrong with people but it did plant this seed for me and you know being a performer um, you get these unexplained no's all the time you know you go I did acting and TV presenting as well and you would go to like when I lived in London because after I lived in Paris for one year, I moved to London for two years and I was dancing and acting and performing there and I realized, you know, I would go to all of these auditions, like sometimes seven auditions a day and you just get no, 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 no and it's, you know, the higher part of you wants to go, okay, you know, it, it may have been because she had blonde hair or blue eyes, but it still hurts. Like it still stings no matter what, how enlightened you are, it still stings. And I think for me, it just got too much. Like it was just too much to handle. I couldn't take it anymore. These unexplained no's all the time, this rejection all the time. To be in that world, you have to have an incredibly thick skin and I have friends who are incredibly successful actors and now to this day and you know they say you've got to have a thick skin you've got to have a thick skin and they do they have a thick skin which is why they're still in the industry but for me like I'm just I am such a sensitive soul I am affected by people's energies very easily and I didn't know that back then but you know that's a quality of mine that I really own now and I don't try and change it's just who I am that is me I'm I'm sensitive I'm very in tune with my feelings and my intuition and yeah it's that's just who I am mm-hmm. and how have you learned to cope with those feelings whenever people do judge you or do say comments about you because I mean you're still very much in the spotlight now and I'm sure that you get comments even today or people reaching out with negativity or critiquing your life the way you do things wishing you didn't do things a certain way I know I certainly do get people that feel they have the right to tell me how I should live my life and uh it's become a little bit easier for me to just roll off and and think oh well that tells me more about them than it does about me how do you deal with that today especially within your own business yeah to be honest I don't get it as much Uh, but when I do get it um I mean I guess it I still it still affects you know it doesn't affect me but I'm still conscious of it but I'm able to let it go. I'm like, yeah, I'm like that. That's their stuff. I can see that it's a reflection of them. But if it does trigger me, then there is something in it for me. But if it doesn't trigger me, I'm like, okay, well, that's just their stuff, and and you know, I hope they get whatever they need to get out of, you know, sharing that comment with me. But it doesn't. It does not affect me like it used to. Mm-hmm. I was wondering in particular because you are a naturally thinner person and you are radiant and I think sometimes people might come from a a side where they're like well she shouldn't feel that way you know she's she's beautiful or she shouldn't worry about her body because she's thin it's easy for her to say love your body when you're thin how do you feel about about that because I mean I know my thoughts on 
on this and I receive comments like that sometimes as well but we all like you said have our stuff so Mm. have you ever had anyone said anything like that to you uh no not really people have asked me that question but there was a time when I wasn't radiant and I had pimples and acne and eczema and cold sores all over my face I had hives all over my body and I had eczema all over my body down my legs on my chest um you know so there was a time where that necessarily wasn't the case and I was probably 15 kilos heavier than what I am now and not looking after myself at all I had no idea how to nourish myself but you know my answer to that is um Everyone is beautiful. Every single person is beautiful. I I think every single person is beautiful. And the most beautiful thing is when someone is so comfortable and content within their own skin. It doesn't matter what size or shape you are. When you are authentically yourself, you radiate and you glow and don't let your mean girl compare you to anybody else and say, oh, well, it's easy for her. Come back to yourself. Come back to your center and always focus and work on yourself and don't compare yourself. Don't let your mean girl compare you to anyone else. Right. And to piggyback onto that, we all face the societal pressures of perfection, right? And, and meeting up to expectations and looking a certain way, acting a certain way performing a certain way we all experience that no matter what we look like no matter our size that has nothing to do with it I saw this awesome quote the other day that was like it doesn't matter your weight it's um or your size it's all about the way you carry your size or the way you are inside your size I'm probably butchering that a little bit but um it's on my Instagram but it was just really beautiful and it made so much sense like it doesn't I mean whenever I was at my smallest and I've mentioned this many times on my show I was at my absolute sickest and least confident I have ever been. So there's no direct correlation between the way you appear and the way you feel. Sometimes you can look a certain way because of the way you feel, like radiancy can come out because you feel so good, but just because you may appear radiant doesn't mean that you feel that way, right? You cannot judge people based on their external appearance, which is why Instagram and all those filters can be so dangerous because we think that people live these picture-perfect lives. They don't have any acne. They don't have any problems. They're not feeling insecure on about certain issues, but we're all in this together. So that's why I love your book. Let's get on track of the inner mean girl. I, I've talked about this before, but I'd love to hear in your own words, what is the inner mean girl? So basically, your inner mean girl is that voice inside your head that says you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not smart enough, you're not working hard enough, you'll never meet the guy, you'll never heal, you'll never get out of debt, whatever. And we all have that internal fear-based egoic voice inside our head. You can call it your ego, you can call it your mean girl or your inner critic, whatever you want. doesn't it doesn't matter. And when do you... Oh, I'm sorry. If you want to keep going, keep going. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say the main point is, is that we just give it a little name and a character to help separate it from the truth of who we are because the truth of who we are is love. 
Right, exactly. And, and when does she, it seem to come out the most? For everyone, it's different. You know, for me, she knew my weak spots used to be my health. And she used to say to me, you're never going to heal. You're never going. Chronic fatigue is always going to be with you. You are never going to have eczema-free skin. You're always going to have hives. Like she would say stuff like that. And maybe for you or someone else, it may be around finances. That's another big one. You're never going to get out of debt. You're never going to be able to afford your dream home. Or maybe it's around relationships. You're never going to meet the man of your dreams. Whatever it is. So she knows your weak spots and they're like a bruise and she knows how to push on them. Yeah, and I noticed that for me particularly, I think I get such a fear of public speaking, which is so weird because I've been on news segments. I've... I do videos, I do these podcasts, I do coaching, but the minute I'm in front of a big group of people and all eyes are me, I freeze up. Actually, what I'm going to say is that I don't necessarily freeze up. I, I, I do pretty well, to be honest, but I think before, when I think about it, I get super nervous and I think, I, see, that's a story I tell myself, I'm going to freeze up. And so mm. then I, I say it, I'm like, oh, I freeze up every time. But when I think about it, no, when I do talk in public, I normally do a great job because I'm so passionate about what I talk about. But I've been living by this story for so long of public speaking isn't for me. It's my biggest fear, blah, blah, blah. That's like autopilot. And it keeps me from chasing after opportunities or manifesting opportunities where I can do public speaking because I keep thinking, oh, it's not for me. It's not for me. But there's also that part of me that wants to do that more than anything. Mm, well, you've got to master your mean girl mm-hmm. definitely with that situation. And I've got a three-step mastering your mean girl process that you can take yourself through and everyone can do this right now. And the first step is awareness. You have to become aware of what your mean girl is telling you. And right now your mean girl is telling you and you can put this in your own words. Um, you know, I'm I freeze up when I get out on stage. Or what is it for you? Can you word it in the exact words that your mean girl would say to you? I think my mean girl says, before you do any type of public speaking, you're just going to be so nervous and obsessive over that event that it's going to waste like weeks of your life when you prepare for it. It's just going to make you nervous and you don't want to be nervous every single day. So just don't do it. Like don't even put yourself out there because it's not worth it spending all that time having your stomach in a knot and risk the possibility of stuttering or forgetting what you were going to say on the on the stage. So you might as well just Stick to what you know. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for being so honest and sharing that with us. So now that you are aware of what she says, you've shone light on something that's dark and it's no longer dark and you can't unknow now what you just shared with us. Uh, Unless, you know, you can't unknow what you just shared unless you have a serious head injury where you forget your, you know, you lose your memory. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that's not going to happen. So awareness is the first step. And I love, and I usually have to tell people to do this, but you did it automatically. You said, my mean girl says. And that's really important. 
I want everyone to, when they're identifying and becoming aware of what their main girl says to them, it's my main girl is currently telling me or my main girl says. Because what that does is it helps separate it from the truth of who we are. So a lot of people will say, but I'm just not good at public speaking. No, 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 no. My main girl says I'm not good at public speaking. So we've got to frame it in that correct way. Um, and the best thing you can do is write that down. So that sentence that you just shared with me, I want you to write down. And then the second thing I want you to do is next time that thought pops up is gently close the door on that thought. So instead of inviting that thought in and letting it hang around and linger for maybe weeks or months or years, we're going to gently close the door on that thought. It's like an annoying salesperson who comes knocking on your front door. You would say, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm not interested. So when your main girl comes to plant that seed of you don't, you're not good at public speaking, you have to say thank you, but no, thank you. I'm not interested today. The third step is the third and final step is choose love instead. So you reframe it. So how can you reframe that sentence to something from a place of love? Do you want to give an example of what you could do? Yeah, I think my biggest mode okay now i think i know my biggest motivator is being of service to the girls that need to hear and men to the girls and um, men that need to hear my message on uh, eating disorder recovery and body image and perfectionism anxiety how you can be free from those things especially with disordered eating since that is my my uh, personal experiences are more in that realm so i would turn this conversation around and focus on love by saying that whatever comes out of me on that stage is exactly what's supposed to come out of me whatever I say that's exactly what they need to hear I know at least one life will be touched one life will be changed that need to hear that message it's not about me it's not about how good can I look on the stage how little can I stutter or how perfect can I be but it is about how many people can I help see the truth about body image and food freedom and all those amazing things I'm so pumped up to talk about how can I portray my love for this for this uh, topic for them and help them oh sister (laughs) you just mastered your main girl yeah you did and you know what you just became aware of the thought, you gently closed the door on it and you chose love instead. And do you, like everyone can hear your passion for what you're sharing and what you're doing. But this doesn't mean that now that you've just done it in this moment that it'll never come up again because mm-hmm. it'll probably come up another billion times. And I want you to take yourself through that same three-step process whenever you next get your next speaking gig. Next time that speaking gig email lands in your inbox and you feel that knot in your stomach and your default setting is to go, no, I I don't want to do it, I want you to just take yourself through that three-step process again, awareness, gently close the door and then choose love instead. And that's how we master our mango. That is so powerful. And I highly recommend everyone listening to this to do it 
do it out loud too because even after saying yes. those things I'm like cool like I'm ready to like walk out the store and just go speak to everyone on Pearl Street in Boulder because I'm like on fire so that's awesome and it's so simple but it is very effective and I know I'm just sitting here on my couch being able to to talk about this but at the same time you can feel when shifts happen within yourself you can feel when you feel a little bit better about certain areas of your life confident wise, uh, confidence wise and that truly works so everyone really do that definitely after this or pause this and do it it helps a lot and doing it in your head is is not as powerful we've got like you said doing it on paper or speaking it out loud with someone is so much more potent mm-hmm. yeah especially out loud and, and like you said writing it down Mm-hmm. So switching gears a little bit, another thing that I wanted to talk with you about, because I struggle with this for sure, expectations. Mm. Oh, I, yeah. just, I have so many. They're everywhere. Yeah. When did you start to realize that expectations weren't all that great for you? Hmm. When it was ruining my relationships. That's when I kind of realized, I realized that I was constantly feeling disappointed and let down by other people and myself. And I thought, why, why am I always disappointed? Why are people always disappointing me? And I realized that it was because I have expectations on them. And there's three words that I want everyone to write down on a post-it note and stick it on their fridge. And that is expectations ruin relationships. Whenever you have an expectation on anyone else, you will always be disappointed. Same, Same goes for when you have an expectation on yourself. If you place expectations on yourself, you will be disappointed. So instead of slapping expectations on everyone else and yourself just show up as the full authentic version of yourself and allow others to show up as the full authentic versions of themselves and see what happens because when you guys show up as full versions of you that's when you can have a real and true experience but when we have expectations slapped all over each other We're not actually even having a real experience. It's been tainted with our expectations. Does that make sense? Totally. That makes total sense. I have another question that came to mind specifically about this. And this may be totally different, a different realm. But say you're in a relationship and you expect each other to do certain things. Let's do, let's talk about more of um, like, uh, helping hands around the house like you expect your partner to pick up after himself you know you expect him to listen to you maybe whenever you're struggling and you want to talk you expect him to support you in all that you do (laughs) that's what I used to always do is kind of just like support me um but what about things like that when you because it's so hard to have a relationship especially when you're living with someone or you have a partner and or married and you know kids whatever it may be and not expect that things of them and expect certain behaviors maybe because it just makes the flow of living together a little easier maybe because you do certain things for them what are your thoughts on that 
instead of expecting them to do the dishes and take out the rubbish, how about simply politely, lovingly ask them, hey, babe, would you mind giving me a little hand with the dishes? Hey, babe, I would absolutely love it if taking out the rubbish was your responsibility or your job. How would you respond? What would you respond better to? Someone expecting you to take out the rubbish or saying, hey, babe, would you mind um, taking out the rubbish? Like I know personally for me which one I would prefer to do. And that's the place we need to come from. Expecting someone to do something is coming from fear and politely and lovingly asking someone for a hand is coming from that place of love. That's how I communicate with my husband and my team and my stepson. That's how I communicate with them. I simply and politely ask them, hey, baby, I would really love so much if you could just give me a little hand around the house having uh, cleaning up. Like, would you mind doing the vacuuming whilst I fold the clothes? He's going to respond very differently to if I say, you never do anything around the house. Do you see what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. I see such a big difference. Um, I, I guess I mean more of like after you ask and it's agreed and then it never happens ever again. And then maybe you ask again very politely and it still never happens because I'm not necessarily speaking from experience, but I've had different scenarios where I felt like it, there was a respect thing maybe lacking in different relationships, not necessarily romantic ones, but um, specifically with someone like that is a partner and you do ask them a lot, is it still the same thing applies? Still no expectations of them, yeah? No expectations, okay. yeah. And it's just crystal clear communication and this is what I talk about in Mastering Your Mean Girl. We have to practice with all of our relationships and with ourselves crystal clear communication our partners cannot read our mind as much as we wish they could mm -hmm. sometimes they can't read our mind and my husband will say to me well darling how darling I'm not in your head like how was I supposed to know that you wanted me to take those boxes down to the bin like I'm like well shouldn't you just know <laughs> shouldn't you just know what's going on and no like they don't know what's going on for us. So it's just about practicing crystal clear communication. Whenever there is a breakdown in any relationship, there, that is because there has been a breakdown in communication. Whenever my husband and I have had a breakdown in our communication, it's because one of us or maybe both of us have not practiced crystal clear communication and we own it. I'll say, I'm, I apologize for that. I didn't communicate clearly with you around that. And he'll be like, yeah, no worries. Mm, that is beautiful. I love, I love the sound of y'all's relationship. It's just so supportive of one another. And I, I, I fully agree with your expectations. I think for me, it's, it's hard to wrap my head around, <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, oh, but sometimes he still like expect certain things to be a certain way, but you're so right. Like you can't because then you are setting yourself up for this disappointment. And it's not to say that you should be run over and that you should be doing everything and you give up expectations in, in 
inevitably with your partner, you end up taking on all the responsibility because even when you do ask politely, it's not happening. That's not okay either, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And practicing crystal clear communication is something that we need to practice every single day with ourselves and with other people. It's, you know, with your team, with your family, with your friends. Be mindful of it. Like if you reflect back on any arguments or fights that you've ever had with anyone else, there was a breakdown in communication. Do you have any other key aspects of relationships that you could share with us just based off of your previous relationships and things you realized weren't working and then with uh, your husband and some of the concrete qualities that you make sure you constantly have together in your relationship? We fill ourselves up first. We flex our self-love muscle first. Because when we're full, we show up to each other and to our work and to our son and to our friends as the full overflowing love version of ourselves. But if we're not taking the time to fill ourselves up, then we're going to show up as the cranky, shitty, half-assed version of ourselves. And neither of each other deserve that. Mm. What so are- that's, why I speak, that's why I talk a lot about flexing your self-love muscles so that you are overflowing and bursting with love within yourself first, Mm -hmm. then you can show up to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what are some of your personal favorite ways to fill up? I love meditation. I love movement like yoga. I love having baths. I love getting into bed early. I love cooking and I love watching a sunrise, watching a sunset. I love being in nature, like whether it's a walk in the park or on the beach or diving in the ocean. I love, you know, that's really important to me. Um, Yeah, they're a couple of my favorites. Mm. To be extremely open and vulnerable and honest with, with you, Melissa, and with everyone, I am... I wrote this in my past newsletter, but I'm coming out of a relationship, coming out of a over a year relationship. And I can attest so much to what you're saying is like filling your, yourself up is so important. And I was realizing it in the one that I was in, neither one of us were really doing that. And both of us also had expectations. And we, those were our two focuses, like focus on your own self-care and don't have expectations. And in our relationship, we just weren't right for each other we were so compatible in so many different ways but um also incompatible in in certain very crucial things that we both needed and i've realized uh, through the reflection of the past couple weeks that i've been doing things that i love and it's not to say i wasn't doing them before in the relationship but the feeling is different and I do more of it. And I have been thinking a lot about how for whatever happens next, whatever next relationship I, I do enter to, to keep me there because a part of myself disappeared in that relationship, a part of him disappeared and it was very mutual. I wish the absolute best for him and, and him for me. So it's a, it's a great way to, to end something. It sucks, but, and it was very like, 
hard when you're with someone for so long to to break away when you built something but um it it has been good to feel like I am stepping into myself again and just feeling free and vulnerable and open because I wasn't feeling very vulnerable and that safe space was gone in that relationship so I think that vulnerability aspect is so important and and the trust because I guess I think trust is something that can be a little bit trickier to build once it's been broken down. What are your thoughts on on the trust aspect with with a partner? And I'm not talking about like uh, I'm talking about more of just like trusting that you can be yourself around someone without feeling kind of like silly or feeling like you need to like not say something again, things like that. I guess it comes down to having so much self-love that you trust that you are enough, that you no longer care what other people think of you, that's a nice place to get to. Mm -hmm. In terms of trust from other people, it is challenging to build that trust wall back when it's been broken. But don't close yourself off to it don't you know if someone has broken down that trust wall with you and then is making an incredible effort to build that back up stay open to it like really stay open to it and you know feel into it but with yourself really let go of caring what other people think and just be your true authentic version of yourself and trust that you are enough. Trust that you are whole and complete exactly the way you are. Mm. Yes, yes, I love it so much. So we have a quick fire round that I want to get to. I'm excited to do this with you. And I think that's a great way to, a great place to wrap up the the uh, interview aspect of this. Can you let everyone listening know where you are, where they can find you online? You can head to melissaambrosini.com and masteringyourmaingirl.com. And then I'm on all the social media. I love Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all those things. Come and join me. Twitter, I've got everything. Just come find me. Introduce yourself. It's Melissa Ambrosini, A-M-B-R-O-S-I-N-I. Awesome. And your links will all be on the show notes for this. If anyone uh, is on my website or want to just head on over there, it's maddiemoon.com slash mbm96. And you can check out her book and I highly recommend it. Thank you again for writing this book because it's all these different concepts and theories and things just floating out there being taught by different people but we don't have like this one concrete place to go and find all these different tools and you made it and you make it very easy to apply it to your life because there's all these questions and places for you to write down your thoughts and do your own lists for certain things or gratitude practices and I went through that and I did all of those different journaling exercises that you had on there and I thought it was just super helpful and super super just super so thank you you're welcome thank you okay so quick fire round time and you don't have to be super fast because some of these are a little bit they're, they're kind of thinkers and some of them are pretty easy uh, so no pressure okay number one what are two things material things that you cannot live without 
Are you still there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm just thinking. I feel like, oh, like the two <laughs> material things. I, I mean, I, I feel like I don't need anything. Yeah, and that's a that's a great place to be, but you gotta you have to pick two things. Okay, okay, okay. I've got to pick two things. Can it be food related or no? Um. Well, if it's food that you eat, it's keep in mind it's gonna be gone and you won't have it again. Oh, true. Okay, okay. Material things. I mean, okay, I'd love a toothbrush. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'd love a toothbrush. Like, I mean, I can go without one, but I do really like a toothbrush. So that's probably one. Um, second thing, um, I love my wedding ring. Um, so mm. maybe that, I love that because it really means a lot to me and it's it's really sentimental and beautiful. So I'd, I would love my wedding rings. Oh, that's sweet. I love that. What does body freedom mean to you? It means being totally comfortable in your skin. It means expressing and showing warts and all and still being content within who you truly are. What is a must-read book? Mastering Your Mean Girl, of course. <laughs> yeah, Avi. Okay, what's what's one more? Maybe something like on the the spiritual side, something that has taught you a lot. Do you know what I loved? Conversations with God, and if you you know you don't use the word God, you could change it to love or universe or whatever you want. But read that book with an open mind, and um, yeah, that book was very powerful. If you could interview anybody, who would it be? And they could be dead or alive. Oprah was the first one that came to me. And mainly because selfishly, I really just want to meet her. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. She's amazing. Yeah. What's a I want to hug her. You want to hug her? Yeah. Aw. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. What is a future dream that you're working towards? I really want to get Mastering Your Mango into schools. Mm. I really want to go and, you know, continue. I've done a few speaking gigs at some female schools and I really want to get it. I would imagine if it was in the curriculum, like I just would love that so much or I just, yeah, I would absolutely love that. I think that's an amazing dream. I I see that for you, for sure. Like, after mm. reading this book, I think it needs to be in schools. This is not something that's taught, which is awful, and it needs to be taught more than, more than any book, I think, that currently is in the curriculum right now. <laughs> I agree. Best movie you've watched in the past month? Oh, okay. I was on the the flight back from the U.S. and I watched The Intern with Anne Hathaway and it was really fun and mm -hmm. just, you know, I love feel-good comedy rom-com type movies. This one isn't a rom-com but I love feel-good comedies. Um, I'm not the type of person that would watch like a horror or something like that. <laughs> like I, I love feel-good movies and this one made me feel really beautiful mm -hmm. I love that movie it's so cute I love he's, Robert De Niro oh he's just again like I just want to hug him like I think he would be a good hugger <laughs> yeah I want to hug him too now that I think of it yeah what is your favorite way to unwind at the end of a long day 
Oh, I've got a couple, but I think um, having a bath, uh, we put like Epsom salts and um, bicarb soda and like we put all these beautiful things in our bath like chamomile or lavender and we put essential oils and coconut oil in a bath and then light some candles for me, that is just like heaven. It literally changes the biochemistry in my body. Yum. That sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. I have never... See, the last person I had on the show, she also said baths. And I thought that was interesting because I like, I am not a bath person. I, I'm shower in and out super quick. Baths are so hard for me to just like... Even jacuzzis are a little bit challenging for me just to be in. I think I don't like feeling really hot with water like hot water it's it kind of makes me panicky and like I feel like I'm swelling up and kind of suffocated which is just really weird I don't know why I chose all those words but (laughs) that's kind of how I feel I I can relate I never used to be a bath person until um like last winter and winter here in Australia and I and I had one every day and it really warms you up like it really warms you up for the rest of the day I can't do baths in summer it's it's not no I don't do them in summer it's more of a winter thing I had one this morning and it was just really because I was so cold and it really warmed me up and now I feel good Mm, I love it interesting what is a country on your list where do you want to go next if you could travel anywhere so many places um you know I want to do more of France and more of Italy and I want to go to Mexico and I want to do Big Sur in the U.S. and I want to do um some hiking and camping in New Zealand there's so many places yes New Zealand I just want to go there so badly and stay in a hobbit house oh me too currently what's your favorite meal oh easy my husband makes this slow-cooked, organic, grass-fed, grass-finished lamb shoulder and he slow-cooks it all day. So it's literally like, um, are you a vegan? I don't, I don't want to offend you. Oh, no. No, I don't eat any particular way. I just eat okay. whatever sounds good. <laughs> okay, good. I just didn't want to offend you. Oh, you're good. But, yeah, I mean, when we eat this, it's, it's all grass-fed, grass-finished, humanely raised and it's this slow cooked lamb shoulder and literally is like silk. Once you've slow cooked it, it falls off the bone and it's just like silk. It's so beautiful. And then he makes this cauliflower coconut cream to go with it. And it's just like, I, like I'm salivating just thinking <laughs> about it. And it was my birthday this week and he said, let me take you out for dinner. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, just make me that dish. Like, that's all you have to do. Like, I'm a cheap date. You don't need to take me out to fancy restaurants. Well, happy birthday. And yeah, that sounds like the most amazing meal ever. That sounds so oh. good. Every time someone has it, they say to, they're just like, what the hell did you do? It's <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah, it sounds so good. If you could challenge everyone listening to this to let go of something, what would it be? Let go of the main girl internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. And last question, your closet, your clothing. Do you like a minimalistic style or is it packed? Minimalistic, very organized in, in, you know, so all of my tops are together, all of my skirts are together, all of my jeans are together. It's very organized. It's very minimal. It's very clean and tidy. 
I don't know why, but I'd really like to see your closet. <laughs> I just feel like it would be a really awesome video if you don't have one, just to like see your organized closet and what kind of skirts you have in there. I just, I don't know. I'm really interested in your clothes. Do you have, do you have Snapchat? I, I do, yeah. Follow me on Snapchat and I'll do a Snapchat for you. And oh, I'll show yay. You yes. yes. Okay, I'll do it. I'm going to, right after this, I'm going to follow you. And yeah, I'm expecting it now. I'm going to wait. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for coming on. Everyone's just has to get this book. I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your wisdom with us and the three steps to mastering your mean girl. So thank you again for coming on to the show. Oh, sweetie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored and thank you. And I want to acknowledge you for the work that you do in the world. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, everyone. If you want to get the show notes for this, you want to get her book, go to maddiemoon.com slash mbm96. I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in, listening to the show every single week. Um, it just it really makes me just keep at this. I absolutely love all of the reviews y'all leave, all the comments. Your support means everything to me. So I'll see you guys next week for another interview. 